Thank you so much for listening to DNVR Biz. For the 95% of you that are listening to this through a mobile device, I would really appreciate it if you opened up that app right now and gave this a five-star review. It's the only way for this podcast to become more visible and reach more people. Thanks again. Welcome to DNVR Biz. Another amazing episode here as we round out all the episodes for this week, and you're listening to this on a Monday morning right now, I just finished this episode and it is Thursday. So I'm not going to do uh, a stock or Bitcoin price right now because it will not mean anything to you by the time you listen to this. Today we have Allie Monroy. If you're familiar with the company, you're familiar with Allie, you see her every day on the Daily Sports Report. She was our executive video producer forever for years and and still is but uh, she is now our head of production and she manages our social team she manages our graphic team she manages the live stream production whenever we do the big productions like the nfl draft show or the mlb draft show so really has her hands on everything and and has a lot to do with the success that this company has had over the years and everything that it's going to be moving forward a really important piece to the puzzle and someone that i've gotten to know on a really personal basis over the years as we've became really great friends and obviously she's with my co-founder and she's very good friends with my fiance Lindsay and so we're essentially family members at this point so it's been long overdue super excited to have Allie on and she really talks about essentially what this company has transformed how it's transformed and what it's been like to be her through all this which is a really important perspective and a really fun listen. So I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, let's go to our book. Still on the pilgrimage about halfway through. So probably the rest of this week's quotes will be pilgrimage as well. We'll get to a new book next week. This quote I really liked. Changing the way you do routine things allows a new person to grow inside of you. Lot to think of there. One of those basic ones, but can be pretty complex if you think about it and you break it down. That'll do it for today. Let's go to the interview with the one and only Ali Monroy. Well, thanks for swinging by and doing the pod with me today, Al. I'm so excited. I've been listening to your pods every week, so I was like, ooh, I get to be on it? That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it's been interesting, right? It's been a little different than anything we've done before Mm -hmm. here. So A lot more on the business side, which being a part of the company, like getting to hear you talk about our business with a bunch of other people and people in the company has been really like eye-opening. Yeah, it's it's, it's cool. It's cool. We used to sit for years back to back in our offices, a very thin wall between us. So <laughs> you, you've heard a lot of the business dealings over the years, right? I didn't ever mean to eavesdrop, but you were pretty loud. So it was like, you knew when something was good and when something was bad. Andre <laughs> and I would kind of move our chairs to like, look at us when it was like, you made like a really loud, like, like you were excited. We were like, <gasps> oh my god what's happening (laughs) or if you were like no we were like oh god all right let's focus Uh, on work (laughs) the you know the whole uh, history of the company has essentially been one of those two things right (laughs) hasn't been a lot of boring points 
Let's it's talk about that. What has the transformation of the company been like from your point of view? It started off, I mean, I started off working for BSN Buffs and I very rarely interacted with you. It was more of a working with Will Whalen, Jake Shapiro, Ryan, and doing all of that stuff. And then as I started moving up in the company, we got another, we got an office again. And I think that was huge because mm. I got to know you so much better. I got to know Lindsay and Andre and everyone just loved going into the office. So I think that was a big step. Like we had an office and then we moved out of it and decided to just go because everyone was doing their own things on their computers, not needing to be at the office. But getting that office back, even if it was in Lakewood, having people come in consistently, hang out, talk sports, like I think really grew the culture yeah. of our company and made it feel more like a family, not like, oh, I only see AJ at like company gatherings. It was like, oh, AJ's coming into the office and we're hanging out and talking about Avs and I get to ask him questions and learn and, and really get to know you and Lindsay the most out of that since we, we were in there every single day. <laughs> Yeah, that was really a big turning point for the company. We get the SBA loan, we get an office, we launch video, we launch daily podcasts. That was really a big transformational point where we became kind of a real company. And one of the big sticking points, uh, the thing that really enabled us to, at that point, uh, get away from TV, which I owned TV inventory, and that was kind of keeping us alive a little bit. And I don't even know if everyone in the company knew, but, you know, we were selling these podcast and banner ad packages. And I actually, you know, had been purchasing ad inventory on Fox 31, Sunday Night Sports Zone, Gary Kubiak's show on Sunday <laughs> mornings and stuff. And so that generated some revenue. And, and that was kind of how this whole thing started is, is that I owned radio and TV. And then that was helping in 2015 afford us to build BSN. And then in 2016, we got out of radio and went fully to podcast, still owned some TV. And then 2017, we got out of all traditional and went completely all in on digital. And if we were going to be this full digital company, we had to really embrace that. And that was when we did that. And the one single thing I think that allowed us to make that transformation was the daily sports report. Yeah. Right. And we essentially had to figure out how can we produce, we have one person that does video. How can we create one video and monetize it? And the idea that, and, and it also, here was the other thing is Lindsay was coming to me and saying, I need more. Yeah. I can't just sell podcasts. Even though we were doing them daily, we had inventory. She was like, I need more. When I first started it, the videos that we created were mainly to get that ad money it was that was the focus it was the breakdowns with the beat writers right. so that we could get a sponsor on there because we were seeing the numbers that videos were doing but again with just one person running that whole department and then getting the beat writers who are at pepsi center one minute having to record a podcast come film a video it wasn't as possible to be able to do as much of the things we wanted to do we were focusing mainly on let's make video to make money and the Daily right. Sports Report fully embraced that. Yeah, so the Daily Sports Report allowed us, we, we said, okay, is there a way that we can sell one video multiple times and with one spot at it that's a presenting sponsor and it's essentially just a social media video? And the answer was yes, if we used the targeted ad system in Facebook, the geo-targeted ad system. And so what we did is we were able to go to companies in different cities and say, hey, do you want to be the presenting sponsor of the Daily Sports Report in Golden? 
Do you want to be in Denver? Do you want to be in Westminster? And at one point we had what up to 14 presenting I think sponsors. We had 17. <laughs> and so And that I think that was the point where I I was doing those I was doing 17 daily and we were like, "Ah, let's split it up to maybe like 10 one right. day, 7 another day and right, making right. it maybe more Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday for sponsors because we had so many. It worked so well. Yeah. So in, you know, I mean, we were selling those for 800 to 1200 bucks a month. You got to be the presenting sponsor in your area of the daily sports report. And you would, and when you have 14, 17 of those, like we were starting to actually make, you know, comparably speaking at the time, decent money to be able to build this, this sports network. It was the first time we had kind of found that. And you would essentially shoot the video and then you had all of these opens already recorded. No, I would record those opens oh, oh, every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, you so would. you guys would have to hear oh, me say, I, like, yeah, we the did. Denver Broncos won 15 to whatever, presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. And you you guys would have to hear me say that 14 times. Yes, I, <laughs> yes, yes. You would over and over again, yeah. yes. Eventually, you would knock those out pretty quick, though. Yeah. So you would co- record all those opens. Then you would do one daily sports report. Then you would pair them all up. And then you would go drop them into those pre-created spots on, on facebook, facebook. Yeah, yeah yeah it it worked i mean it got us over the hump right yeah it um, definitely i mean that was the first video that we were doing daily in our little office i had that studio space which ended up then being Lindsay's uh sales director office and we just had a green screen and a camera and a desk in and we were able to do all of that stuff and really <laughs> just crank oh, yeah, content out even though we didn't have that many that much equipment and Going back to your question of seeing the transformation of DNVR now, like look at where we're sitting. We're sitting in a full studio at our bar. Like it's just absolutely insane what we went through and what we like what we started with just like a a green screen that took over one full wall one camera two lights and a desk into into this full studio with um, capabilities for live streaming podcast very edited videos it's really crazy yeah it's it's been it is it is this is this is wild and and i mean this board and these mics were even like this board and and these mics are probably like more than our first camera in our in our oh yeah (laughs) in in that first camera was like a huge buy for us yeah that camera was the most expensive thing we bought and it, I mean, it was very expensive. It was a, in in those. And I feel like that's something that we learned. That was a broadcast camera. It was made for TV stations. Right. And slowly but surely we realized that's not the type of equipment we need. Right. Because we right, aren't a right. TV station. We are creating content for online digital. And that is very different than just your regular broadcast camera. Did you ever doubt that we would get to this point? No. I think there is definitely ups and downs. I think that's something I learned being in a startup. And I started at DNVR BSN when I was 21, um, 25 now. It's been four years. And definitely ups and downs, things I never knew about a startup coming from the East Coast, especially working with places like the Washington Post, Telemundo, all of those things. It was very different. But I mean... The way I believed in this company, we were just a family. Like I believed in our family and how could you not believe in the company that gave you your first shot? And like you guys, you, Ryan, Jake, like AJ all believed in me when I was a little 21 year old 
in college and now like look at where we are and just that comes through a lot of hard work and and dedication and long hours and long days but it made it so much worth it when you have people you love to spend 24 hours <laughs> a day with and really right. grind it makes it all worth it with the community and culture that we built in with the company within the company what has it been like you know you and Lindsay forever until just you know within the last month we just brought on Michaela but you and Lindsay uh, just the only girls in here with a bunch of dudes and you guys kind <laughs> of like really just you know have been just kind of like you know, I don't even know how to say it. Just like, like badasses, just like, <laughs> you know, not taking shit from anybody and just kind of like, I don't know, like it's a, it's, it's always, I think everyone just kind of like gets out of your guys' way and lets you work. <laughs> Who runs the world? Girls. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you talk about that a little bit? And you know, if that's just something that developed over time or if you felt like you, that was intentional that you would just kind of end up being that person here with, you know, in this environment? Well, I felt like when I started, I feel like I, I'm a bit of a shy person when I first get to know people and then I open up and I'm myself and I feel like that's changed, but especially being younger. I mean, you talk about our first interaction all the time, even though it's so annoying. I was just shy to speak to the CEO of the company <laughs> I mean, you didn't even make eye contact with me because you don't, you weren't needing to talk to me. <laughs> I know, but uh, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. I, but, I so I was definitely very shy, but I felt being the, uh, the executive producer of video content that I needed to step up. And even though I was talking to people who were older than me, been in the industry a lot longer, they needed me to step up and tell them what I needed them to do yeah, so that our true. video department would be successful. Right. And then of course, working with Lindsay and who she is, she wouldn't let anyone give her any shit. <laughs> and then everyone in this company is very loud. So I learned I had to, if I wanted my point across, I have to be louder. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, it all just That's came with being comfortable and getting to know where I stood in the company and what I meant to the company and needing to be that so that our video department could be successful. And we've definitely I, I tell people all the time we've tried to get women in this company and we've we've had interns. and But you need to want it, especially in a startup. I feel like. Right especially during those times there was there's tough times and if you didn't want it and if you were just in it for the wrong reasons which unfortunately there are a lot of people every gender that are in it for the wrong reasons but right. if you weren't dedicated then you weren't going to be successful and so we tried but again it's about being qualified and there just wasn't that there weren't that many people who we could find who would fully be dedicated to this and then when i first started talking to michaela and saw her passion and her dedication and her will to like want to do anything i was like all right like i know she's going to be successful in this company and i i couldn't wait for us to hire her in whatever capacity we could because i knew like damn she's going to be great and that's the type of women we want in this company not just women with maybe some wrong intentions which you definitely come across unfortunately in this industry that i feel like all women have encountered so you know one of the interesting things about that i was going to actually talk about this was is that you know when you're a startup especially really early on you can't really afford to have employees like 
you need everybody to be like an owner like they have to be like this they have to treat this like this is theirs we need all hands on deck pretty much all the time like it's so hard to to break into this industry and to make a change and to get traction and and to compete and so a lot of times yeah it's kind of like what you were saying you bring in we'd bring in interns we bring in people and they you know would have this idea like hey i'm gonna cool i'm gonna go work here and we don't need people to we at least at the time you know we didn't need people to work here we needed people to come in and you kind of recognized that early on where it was like we needed you to come in and run video and like explain to you this is what this product needs to look like it's got to come and you pretty much shoot it produce it every, you know and put it out there understand the ad system on the back end on facebook help us scale that product like and and we ended up getting a whole group of people that were like that and, and it, like you were saying you know we tried you know we've brought in a lot of people over the years that just you know, they weren't going to be, this wasn't going to be, we talk about this being a lifestyle company, not just for the users, but for us, this is your lifestyle. And for some people, you know, this wasn't going to be their lifestyle and it didn't work out. And, and that's totally fine. It's, it doesn't it, mean that they're well, bad people. It's just, sometimes it was a mutual fit. It was just a mutual sure, thing. Like, right. Hey, they, this isn't what they signed up for. This isn't right. their goals. And you know, we needed a specific, a certain type of person right. to be able to get done what we did. And I, if you look at the people that are still around DNVR today, those are that people, the people that are going to stay up and stay up, pull all nighters whenever to just get stuff done. What has been the most difficult part of the journey? That's a good question. I know people usually say that's a good question when they're trying to deflect and have <laughs> time to think. You know, I know that you don't necessarily, you've always been in a, in a really great mood and, and have always just taken everything in jest and and you know me and ryan talked about this in our first episode right like like uh we talk about those time tough times where i was where i said like you know you guys would irritate me because you're coming in such a great <laughs> yeah. mood in the war times and stuff like that when our backs are against the wall but that's really been kind of kind of your mo so maybe maybe there hasn't been a, a necessarily difficult i, I don't know I'm, I'm just helping you out here maybe um, there has i think difficulty would be when we started needing more and it just needing to be me and and slowly having people who could help me but then when we brought on people like guy and kale i felt like a weight lifted off of oh, me okay. because okay. i could finally have people who get it and it wasn't me pressing play recording checking the mics running to be on front of the camera right, prepping right. for a question and doing it all at once even though that was once we did hire people like Guy and Kale, it was kind of hard because this has become like my baby. And I was like, oh, I'm so used to doing it all that I really needed to learn to delegate. But I think just having to do it all on my own was a bit of a challenge, but definitely a challenge I was like up to take. Right, of course. And then just when just when times were bad and we were struggling and trying trying to find that positivity and and stay happy and be like, hey, this is the journey and this is what it is. And the only way this is going to work out is if you put your feelings aside and just work your ass off. And like, I've never seen you like stressed or like worried or any like ever. Really? Like, I don't th <laughs> I, I, I feel like may maybe stressed in the sense of like a lot of stuff to do in a day, yeah. but, but not never like. When I think of the craziest times where we were on the edge and, and like every day was like fighting to keep this alive, like I don't remember you ever like 
feeling like you know I, like I, you I, needed to like check up on me like, yeah exactly okay? exactly like and i used to check up on everybody yeah. give people pep talks you know meet people would call me and be like hey I, we need to get together i, I need to i gotta talk soon you know I feel like we almost did a whole year at one point of like, uh, or nine months of, of where I just checked in on people and made people feel better and stuff. I don't, I don't think I ever felt like I, and I don't think I ever have once done that with you. Yeah. I think I just, I, I really, for me, I, in certain situations, I think growing up, I used to kind of get really stressed and maybe a, a word to use those like crumble in those type of situations. And I learned that that just doesn't get anything done and isn't productive. And that kind of taught me to any, any, anything that I do now, sure, I'll let myself feel or, or feel stress, but it, that doesn't help. Like I got to just, I use that to fuel me to get it done. And I think I just really believed in this company and this company was our life, especially with like me and Ryan being together and it was Ryan's life and it's my life. And right. it was, it was nice to have him to be able to talk to about certain situations if I was stressed, especially because Ryan is just so even keel and like, is like, well, think about it in this way and this <laughs> yeah. way. And I'm like, all right, fine. Okay. And then come back to, work I mean, Ryan's like never face. doubted anything on no, this. No, he's this never, company. he's all, he knew that this was going to be a success and, and that was always helpful anytime that I did kind of get down, but I just, I, with being in the office every day, I think that's what I saw. I saw how hard you worked. I saw how hard Lindsay worked. And I just knew with someone like you and Lindsay, like, we just can't go down. Like, with you guys steering the ship, like, no matter what, something good was going to come of it. So just ride the journey instead of stressing about everything that could go wrong because I feel like that would drive you crazy. And I feel like I, I felt like I had to give certain pep talks to people in our company to try mm. and get them mm. to not freak out with little things coming up because we couldn't control that like you that's something i learned very young is you can only control what you can control so worrying and stressing and freaking out about other things is just like out of your control and not it doesn't do you any good yeah I, and you know andre kind of was like that too like you know andre kind of just put his head down and just went to work every day out there too you know yeah uh, and you guys just did it. If it was a bad day, you got to work harder. I think that's just that's yeah, that's the mentality awesome. we had at the office. What, what's been the most rewarding? Just where we are today and seeing a company grow and being a part of it from almost the very beginning. And I have a lot of friends who took different routes, who took internships instead of just jumping into an opportunity and were working for corporations. And and they hate going to work every day. And I think the biggest yeah. reward is I love coming to work every day. I love working and being here at the bar until 11 o'clock at night, talking to people, being at the office, building equipment, figuring out our studio, watching videos on what's the best mics we can buy. Like I, I love what I do and <laughs> yeah. I love the people I work with. And so loving every day has been probably the most rewarding, especially when I talk to so many people who are 25 going through life right now and really hating what they're doing and not feeling satisfied. I feel like I'm very challenged, but I'm also like very happy. Building something's really fulfilling and trying to do something difficult is really fulfilling. Yeah. People don't realize that because life can be pretty hard and there's a lot of different things that, that can be tough and there's these different emotional times that you go in and out of and stuff. And, and if there's not, if you're, if you don't have something outside of that, that fulfills you and that you're trying to accomplish that's difficult, you just end up dwelling in that. And when you are trying to do something difficult and you're trying to do something big and you're chasing a dream and you're chasing, 
you know, whatever kind of treasure that that the, your your personal personal journey is is outlined, it it allows you to, I you know I I think it just it just puts your mind in a different place than inside of these other states that you know like you're talking about with your friends that may not have something that's fulfilling in their life there's a void there and they might not even realize that that's what's creating a sadness but i i believe that everyone you know has like a personal journey and if they can if you are chasing it and you're trying to achieve it even in failure there's fulfillment there definitely i think something that really helped me too was dealing with all of my concussions and dealing with all of the head stuff mm. that I dealt with school certain aspects of my life were always just really challenging because of all the concussions I had because of the brain issues that I had that I had to start going to see doctors and and doing all that stuff journalism video this always made me happy i succeeded in this and i got that i got that instant gratification even while writing if i wrote a good article people were like oh this was awesome and that helped push like that helped push me and make me keep going and when things were going wrong i was able to turn to sports i think i've done that my whole life when things are going wrong i turn to sports and then i turned to writing which was my favorite thing at the time and and video and that helped push me forward so i feel like that's why i try not to ever take it for granted when you think of what this is going to become what do you envision i i see a lot and i i really see us uh going to different cities and and taking over i think the our our platform and the way we run things is sustainable anywhere in the country and i always tell all my friends oh god if philadelphia had this like and had the daily podcasts, the videos, the live streams, the amount of information that our journalists and my coworkers give, like I would kill for that in Philadelphia. And I think that that is hopefully in our future to start expanding and going to different cities and, and really growing fan bases. And then also I think in video, live streaming is going to be like our life. We started off last year, you came to me and you were like, live streaming is it, we gotta get into yep, it. Yep. And I was like, I really don't watch live streams. I don't know people. My brothers watch live streams on YouTube, but you were always pushing like, I, I know this is gonna be the future. So we started looking into it and then we got a camera like the Mevo and dabbled in it yep. and did a few shows live and, and always got such a positive response. And I feel like this quarantine gave us a chance to fully dive into live streaming and learning about new platforms, learning about new streaming services that we can use to really use all of the resources we have and i think we'll be doing show hopefully we'll be doing post-game shows after every game we learned that our fan bases our subscribers really love hearing from ryan zach mace right after the game because they want that instant news and they can't even wait until the podcast the next morning and and dnba and all these things have been such a success that i really see us moving into that and then also with the, the new technology that we keep getting and leveling up, I think diving more into film rooms and those type of videos that are very produced and edited and explain a lot right. are, is also in our future for the video department, at least. Yeah, we spin off highly produced video faster than ever before. Yeah. They used to take, you know, technology's improved since we started as well. There's so many different, even on live stream, I mean, there's so many different things for us to use now. But yeah, I mean, I think I saw 
I talked, I think I've probably talked about this before, but you know, I try to do a lot of parallel thinking. So I look at one thing and say, Hey, that thing could work for us. And I saw during Game of Thrones a couple years ago, people live streaming after Game of Thrones. And I was just looking at the, the viewership through Periscope. And there was like just tens of thousands of people watching these people talk about a show. And I was just like, We've got to do this. Yeah. Like this has got to be. And and now obviously a lot of people do it as, as well because I I don't I don't actually think a lot of people do it as well as us. We do it like really really good. And I mean, like I, this quarantine has given <laughs> us a chance. I mean, try and make lemonade out of lemons. We've had a chance to focus on things that we probably wouldn't have focused because we were so busy. And doing a show like our NFL draft show, which had had over seventy thousand views on all of our platforms, a show that big we had never done before. And I can, and that was with new resources that we had just learned about that weren't even top of the line. And now we are looking to branch out to those type of resources. So I can't even imagine, like look out for our NBA draft show, our NHL draft show, having guests come in, it'd be all at the studio, at the bar. And that experience is just gonna be amazing. And I feel like that's where our future is. And being able to play the streams that we do on at the bar. And again, it's just that whole sense of community, right, right. having people be able to come be like, Oh, I know Ryan, Zach and Mesa are filming their podcast from the training camp right now. So like, I want to go to the bar, have dinner and chat with them after. And that accessibility, I think a lot of places don't have, but we've genuinely become friends with a lot of our subscribers who come and support us all the time. That it's just so much fun to constantly be meeting people and expanding our network in every way possible in our community. Can you describe the culture at DNVR, in, in, in your opinion? I'd say it's a family, like a very tight-knit family. I feel like it's just, we've all gone through so much together. We all genuinely like hanging out together and spending hours together, brainstorming, thinking. Like when we have our big company get-togethers, like Friendsgiving, I feel like we always come up with the best ideas when we're all together and we are just so excited to do things go to games together get drunk and just have a good time i feel like <laughs> i feel like so many companies can't say that they do that and genu genuinely enjoy being with their coworkers as much as we've been yeah. i think forced to and then enjoy now um so <laughs> I feel like it's just such a family and it's a genuine and real family. And I think it was like an arranged marriage and now we love each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, all right, I'm going to have to learn to get to know you and deal with you and, and then figure That's out funny. what works and what doesn't. And now it's like, oh my God, I love every single person in this company. And I think our our subscribers, our members, our family members see that. And that's why they they genuinely feel like someone tweeted today, like you can feel Ali's eye rolls over over the podcast. And that's just because I'm like the sister or mom trying to get these boys in line when they go off the rails on our podcast. And it's just it feels like a family and everyone knows that we're having so much fun together because we genuinely are. And I think that just shows everywhere. And that's why that's one of the reasons our community really like vibes with us and loves us. What's next for video and production at DNVR? I kind of talked about it already with live streaming being the number one thing I believe we're going to dive into. But then again, yeah. 
doing a little more. I mean, do you think it'll replace podcast? Like podcast has kind of been the backbone of this company for years. Do you think the live stream will ever replace that or I become that? I don't think that? so. I think we'll probably be doing a lot of our podcasts live, but I think that's just another source when people are at the office and able to click it and watch it instantly instead of having to wait for it to be uploaded and listen to their car but i right, think right. people love listening to podcasts on the on in their car rides on planes like while they're working out you can't be watching video while you're working out as much it's just not as while you have it in your ears i think podcasts will always be around but i do think we'll be doing a lot more video live streams of our podcast in that way incorporating live audience and questions and really getting people to feel involved and then more more in-depth analysis some videos that have like a lot more content like we started with the list like that has such a breakdown our fans have loved that right really learning the game of basketball in a different way than you normally would see it and really learning the way Malone runs his playbook. I feel like doing more things like that with all all beats is going to be big um, in the future. What would you tell someone that is thinking about working at a startup? It's hard, <laughs> definitely has ups and downs, but it's absolutely worth it because you're building something. And if it turns out, then that's just so incredibly rewarding and and like I talk about it with my friends all the time who work at those corporate jobs, even when it's a hard day and I had to work, let's say 12, 15 hours, it's always worth it because we're all building towards the same goal and dream. And so if like it takes a certain personality, I don't think every personality fits in that startup life, especially if you're hmm. worried or anxious or just really like <laughs> feel... <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think we know certain people who it doesn't fit their personalities, but if you are willing to put in the work, it's a lot of work, but I really think in the end, no matter what, even if it doesn't turn out, even if it doesn't work out, like you accomplished something and that's always going to be so fulfilling in life compared to just working a nine to five every single day, kind of not liking what you do and, but just doing it because you get money. And I feel like that's the East coast mentality that I grew up in being from Philadelphia and DC and just seeing people hate their jobs, but do it because it made them money yeah. that never seemed satisfying and right. working at a startup and trying to accomplish something with your coworkers is just so satisfying. Has it been, you know, we do this and I always, I don't think I've ever asked this question has having equity in the company. And, and now that's, that's grown for you. Has that made a change at all is the way that you approach it? Or has that just been like a cool bonus, but has it changed uh, the way you've thought about it or it it felt about it? It always felt like, because I started off when it like was BSN in the early days, it's always felt like my company, mm. but when getting equity, it really is your company and it yeah. feels it felt rewarding and felt like, yes, this is what I was working for. And now I want to work even harder to make sure that this pays off. But it felt like, I feel like getting equity right off the bat, depending on the person is different, but having to work for it and seeing like, okay, this is my dream to be able to really own a piece of this company and watch it succeed, like helped motivate me even more to like work harder and, and earn that. And in your eyes, be worthy of having equity in That's the company. Cool. That's awesome. What about entering sports media in general? What would you tell somebody? I think it's different for telling what, what I would say to women and then men. Mm, just okay. because with women, I think it is a lot harder to get into this industry and you have a lot more to prove. And 
something that was always nerve wracking for me was messing up and getting things wrong. Mm. Um, because as a woman, you get judged so intensely when you make an error. It's like, oh, you're, why are you even in here? Like, you don't know, you didn't play football. Like you don't know routes. And it's like, uh, yeah, I can study that and know that. And most analysts don't ever play sports and still talk right, about right, it. True. And yeah. so I would say to women getting into the sports industry, like work hard, it's an uphill battle, but it's so worth it. And be yourself. I, that's for both men and women. Be sure. yourself the whole way through because people gravitate towards people. I and feel like we've always created a, an environment here where, and, and that could be off, uh, but I've always felt like we've done so many things that like failure was okay and, and like mistakes were okay and that we would just figure it out. Definitely. I think this company made me feel more secure in asking questions and not being nervous for my colleagues to be like, wow, you didn't know that. Right, um, right. Which there's, I worked in, in different places like, like Telemundo, like the Washington Post, where as interns in high school, where that was not the case, people would judge you if you did not know something even if it was a very complicated question, like there's so much in baseball that is so complicated that I remember asking a question and being like frowned upon that. How could I not know that? And this yeah. company has always made me feel like I can ask a question and really learn a lot. And it's beneficial to ask questions and, and be yourself. And everyone makes mistakes. I think that's the, when I listen to podcasts, especially of women in sports, that's something that they say is Definitely the hardest is accepting that everyone makes mistakes, even though as a woman, you feel like you get criticized even more. Hmm. Interesting. And so it's letting it go because everyone does it. So it's I not feel the end like, of the world. You know, I feel like we've always been like, you know, like when, when I mean, we get a million dudes applica applications, right? Yeah. Like, like it's just dudes just blowing up my DMs and sending in applications <laughs> to Andre like all day, every day. Like when talented women apply, it's like sound the alarm, like, oh, dude, you know, yeah. I mean, this company has always been just so welcoming and so into it. But again, you have to want it and you have to work hard and you have to be dedicated to it. Nothing is going to be handed to you. And the, the working hard is worth it. That's what makes the journey even better. And something that I would also say is live in the present, which is something I had a very hard time doing growing up, especially feeling like on the East Coast, like you were always thinking about your future and what's next instead of just living in the present and being in Colorado alone helped me realize that. Hmm. But Sam Ponder was on a podcast and she said that every day of her life, she was like, what's next? And she did so many amazing things. And then she made it to the top of her career and was like, where where did the time go? Why didn't I why didn't I live more in the present in those moments when I was working college game day? And those were like some of the best times. Why didn't I enjoy that more? Why was I always so focused on what's next? And I think it's always good to have goals, but live in the moment and enjoy where you're at. Enjoy the part of the journey. And again, I'm 25 years old, so I still have a lot more of my journey, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, um, man, I feel like I need to take that advice. I don't feel like I ever, you know, You've seen, I mean, I take these little tiny celebrations and then it's like, move on. And these are like five minutes long and then you move on. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever even, I don't even, even this bar. Yeah. Like sometimes I just look around and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> exactly. You know, like I don't, I don't know if I ever stopped and even like, I don't even know if I can sometimes. I don't know. It's, it's so hard. weird. It's definitely like a, um, training your mindset. And I, it was really hard for me to try and 
force myself to do that especially working for a startup just like just finishing school being like all right okay i'm working for the startup then what's next and having those questions being asked by my parents by people on the east coast my high school friends like okay well what are you doing is your end goal being at espn is your end goal doing right, this or right, that right. and i started at one point one day at our little lakewood office was like like, yeah, I want to be at the top of my career, but that doesn't necessarily mean I want to be at ESPN or I want to be right. at Fox Sports. I am loving what I'm doing now. And if this goes to that and that like I can stay at DNVR for the rest of my life and that's the top of my career and I get to accomplish that goal, then that's perfect for me. Yeah, I remember one time we were in a meeting and we had somebody that said like, hey, if you guys ever want to get to ESPN or something like that. And I remember everyone being like, we're trying to get this yeah. to like compete with ESPN. Like we're not trying to go to, and, and, and now as the paradigm has shifted more and more when it comes to media, now people are like, I, there's no one in this company that would go like f work for a newspaper, for example. Yeah. It'd be like going in from like, it'd be like going and selling VHS tapes or something, <laughs> you know, like it'd be but super. that used to be very different It'd back be like then. super weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's changed so much, even in the last five or six years. And I think that's the type of people we hire. Again, like there's some, and it doesn't mean it's wrong, but it's just, it's a different mentality. Right. If you want to work your way up to ESPN, then awesome. Go do that. But like with a startup, my focus is just fully on getting this to where it needs to go as far as it can. And then taking a look at what else is next. If that's, if I need to. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So how has it been to be with and live with, you know, the, uh, my co-founder, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time someone's asking you a question about Ryan and I dating. It was just announced to the world yeah, a few, yeah, a few yeah. weeks ago. It's been, cra it's been me and Lindsay and you and Ryan. We've yeah. been kind of like the four, you know, we've been kind of, I mean, everyone's really important and Andre's really important. And, you know, now obviously Adam and Eric are really important and, Obviously, all of the journalists over the years and, and guys that have been with this forever, Harrison and uh, Drew and AJ. But now I feel bad that I'm going to forget somebody's <laughs> name because we have over 20 people now. But, yeah, you know, it's, uh, we've kind of us, you know, we've had this. It's been weird because, you know, me and Lindsay live together and we do that. Like, I wake up to Lindsay telling me about work yeah. literally like <laughs> before my eyes are open i'm not even like trying to like over exaggerate like almost every day i'm she's like hey i've got this at nine i've got the do you want to jump on this and i'm like before i can even get up it's all the time <laughs> and i know that you and ryan are the same way you know and when Lindsay goes out of town you know i'm such a lonely guy with only work friends that i you know come over and eat dinner with you guys when <laughs> Lindsay leaves town and my kids are somewhere else and uh, we talk about work the whole time over there and a little bit of American Ninja Warrior. And so uh, because there's no because there was on, no sports normally on. we'd be like watching a Nuggets. That's game. right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, just talk about that, I guess, just what that's been like and, and what that's like. And if there's ever been any challenges, I, you know, for me and Lindsay, I think there's been some because we're very both like demonstrative A types. <laughs> But but uh, like you and Ryan are are, are very similar as well. Mm -hmm. it, it, but you're you're kind of like uh, the yang to our yin, you know. And yeah. Ryan's always been like that to me. Yeah, I've pretty much relied on Ryan to just be the other side of the coin and balance me out. Um, I think. But anyway, go ahead. I'm just blabbing on. We definitely talk a lot about work. Like this company is our life. It's 
what we hope for. It's like our dream to make sure that it gets done. And I feel like having each other and having that be a mutual goal helps push you even harder. I guess there have been times where it, with Ryan, Ryan's just so like, he really doesn't like get really mad or like get necessarily like really happy. He's always like so on the same level. He's like grounded and balanced. Very grounded and balanced, yeah. which is very different than who I am. <laughs> which I can definitely go up and down a lot. And so he definitely grounds me. There's times where I have to be like, no, like listen to me like my boyfriend not working at the same company. <laughs> like if I want to complain or if someone oh, was bothering yes. me. Yeah, we've or, been, me and Lindsay have been through this. Yes, yes, yes. Or if someone was pissing me off. Someone, I, we all do that. Like we, yeah, we're one big happy family, but sure we piss each other off of course. just like a regular family. That's and, right. And then of, Ryan's always like, well, think of it in this perspective. And in this way and i'm like no just let me vent to you like my boyfriend right. not like also like you work with this person every day i get it that i know what they meant but like sometimes you just say you gotta vent and you gotta be frustrated so i think i think that's the only issue i guess or challenge that there's been we both really love talking about work and coming up with ideas and when we go on road trips we're thinking of how we can better like oh i had a meeting with adam talking about live streaming like this is what we came up with what do you think and he's adding his opinion and thinking well what if we did it this way and it's just always been such a good partnership to work for work on and work for and I think a lot of people would struggle, especially during quarantine, living with your partner than having to work next to them every day. But for Ryan and I, we do that normally. Like we live together and we work together every day and, and do everything together. So it's not as much of a challenge, but definitely when he gets down or when I get down, it's easy to remind each other like what our purpose and what our goal is for this. How do you like creating um, versus managing like you for the longest time just created you kind of worked in a silo alone and now you're in a position where you have a lot of people under you and you're you know uh, directing all kinds of different things through social and through video and through live stream and executive producing programs and taking ideas and and Adam's always trying to change the game and come up with new things and he's bringing these to you and then you're scaling that throughout the company and stuff and so how do you like that and, and how has that changed, you know, your life and the way you look at the company and all that? I love managing. It's always been so fun. <laughs> what are you laughing no, at? No, I just, I, I, I no, I, that was, that was really like pronounced. Like, like you clearly love managing. I, I didn't think that, I mean, I didn't think you mind it, but I, I didn't think that you loved it at that point. I do. To that point. At CU, I ran a show that went on Fox College Sports and I ran that. So I managed people. And I think that's where I learned how to manage and how to deal with different personalities and how to work together for that end purpose. And managing is just so fun because I get to have a part in every little thing. I still love creating and want to keep creating. Like I want to manage and always be able to create because creating is just such a good outlet for me. And like just feels good when I'm creating or coming up with a new video, but managing, I get to be a part of all of these little ideas and make it work. And then when it does like managing the NFL draft show and and having so many people work and do all these things. And, yeah, and that's a big together, one. That's a big one. How many people were working on the NFL draft show? Almost our whole company, like graphics wise, Guy, Kale, Adam, Eric, Blaze, 
and then social brendan and then drew had a part in it harrison had a part in it Lindsay had a part in it patrick had a part in it of course ryan andre and henry were, i almost called him hank i call him hank normally and yeah like, yeah, yeah it's really weird yeah yeah everyone calls him hank <laughs> but that's not his name i will type out hank on twitter sometimes and be like no um, uh, and, oh i was doing guest booking and I was getting people in. I worked it. Yes. See? I worked on that too. <laughs> you don't even remember. <laughs> I, I totally forgot that I did that. I was Every- actually going to make a joke that I watched it, but I remember I was actually doing, I guess, but there was one time Ryan got mad at me because I was like 60 seconds. I, I was apparently yeah, supposed to have your, the guest or something. be on top of it. But managing and seeing something like that come together is so satisfying and cool. And I think the reason I love managing so much is because I went from doing everything by myself and only having like me to consult with certain ideas, seeing like, oh, this isn't gonna work, but you didn't know about certain programs and neither did Lindsay and Ryan maybe kind of knew, but it was all me like Googling and trying to find other people and see if other people had the same issues or if it was just me. And the more people we've gotten, the more I feel like, oh, okay, this is a it's teamwork. We all like, yes, you feel that way. I feel that way. Let's figure out a better way to fix it. And it feels so much better as a team than just working alone. So that's why I think I love managing so much. Okay, last one. Then we'll go to the final three. When you very, very first started here, you had done some stuff on the Buffs beat, but you really wanted to get into the company and you were like, hey, I'll do anything. And, you know, I have some free time so I can help in sales. (laughs) What did you learn about media sales? Uh, That my personality does not handle being rejected that many times over and over and over again. Oh my God. I cold, like I had to cold call people like Lindsay did. And I think I got like 50 no's like in two days. And I was like, oh my God. What am I doing wrong? How do I fix this? And Lindsay's like, no, that's just like the light. Like some people don't want to talk to you. And I was just like, I can't even like get a word out. And they're like, no, sorry, we're not interested. And then hang up. And it was, it definitely takes a certain. We literally like the first three years of this company was just cold calls all day, every day from sales. I remember I got one. Yes. I think I worked. Yeah. I was willing to help in any way possible. So I was like, yeah, Lindsay, I'll help you. I don't know anything about sales, but I worked a sales internship once in DC, like maybe. And I think I got one yes and we set up a meeting and I was like, yes, I feel so accomplished. But then I got to go on a few sales pitches with Lindsay. And even that experience was crazy to see and really need to prove yourself at that point in like BSN's history. We really needed to prove ourselves when now it's kind of like, no, look at all we do. Like you kind of come prove yourself to us that you should be one of our partners, which is just really cool to see the difference. But yeah, I'm not a salesperson. Uh, that's the main thing I learned. <laughs> the one thing that I've, not the one thing, but one thing I know that you've been really proud of that I've been able to watch and I can see it on your face. And, and so I wanted you to just talk about this a little bit, but what has the growth and significance of, of DNVR watch parties, do you think, meant to you and meant to the community? And, and like, how, how do you think it's affected the business? Oh, watch parties were just so fun. I mean, we would get together and watch games already. So it was kind of like, why not all get together with fans and subscribers and watch it like as if we were at the stadium? And it started off first with not many people coming, but then those people 
those people that did show up ended up coming to the next one and and that's how we became friends with people like steph we've like fully actually become friends with some of these people that right. just showed up to a watch party totally. and like in going to games i had an extra ticket and i was like who would enjoy this ticket to come into the suite with us steph how could i not invite her and that is someone i probably would have never crossed paths with in my right. life if it weren't for these watch parties and i think subscribers and people who come to the watch parties also feel that way with other fans that they would love watching the nuggets and they're like oh i don't have anyone to watch with like oh now i have kate now i can always go watch with kate i'll hit him up when there's a watch party and then go to the dnvr bar now which is just like gonna be crazy when we have watch parties here but it's been so fun it feels like you're at you're like at the game but not and i think yeah, i yeah, i learned totally that has. way more in DC, I was in high school, I was dating someone who was a Broncos fan. So we would go to the Broncos bar in DC all the time. And it wow. was so much fun. It was packed every time. You could barely find a seat. Everyone's chanting, incomplete. And like, that was so cool to see. And then when I moved to Denver, I started going to Eagles bars. And I felt like I was transported back to Philadelphia, which is good and bad. Um, the fan base, that bar would get rowdy. And it was so much fun to be with so many other people in one bar going crazy for the same team. And I feel like that's a huge purpose for the DNVR bar is we finally have a place for it to be a Denver bar. Like we can pack this place without covid with as many broncos fans as we can yeah and they feel that they feel like they. Could what did you feel like when you first like the first time when we started having those big ones do you ever remember like walking i remember the first one that was probably like at blake street where i was like whoa oh, yeah. this is like the you holy know holy shit moment <laughs> yeah it was like the entire bar Oh, yeah. is like packed i think that moment that stands out the most to me is when we we've done so many videos from the video i took which is you chanting um when the abs were about to win yeah. one of those playoff games do we count everyone, down like three yeah two with the call one, and everyone just freaked yeah. out yeah. and that was just so cool to be a part oh, that of was insane it feels like another lifetime ago oh my god and then when we had watch party after watch party after watch party when we had avs nuggets abs, oh the nuggets, playoffs, playoffs that was that wore us I out think we lived at blake street tavern for like the whole week and it, and then we had that, that overtime nuggets game four overtimes after being there the night before for an avs game and going the next day to an avs game was just so 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 much fun i think it just feels like a community and then I felt like I always wanted to talk to everyone there because most of the people that were there were there for us and I wanted them to make sure they, they knew they mattered, that it was important right. for them to come right. because it actually means something to us. It's not like we're just hosting a party to have people there and we don't care. Like every person that showed up from the very beginning when there was like four people to when there's like 200 people, it meant so much to us that they yeah. would come to hang out with us for a night and watch a game. And so that's just, that's awesome. And I can't wait. These, when we have them at the bar, it's going to be crazy. You know, this is like the, you've went like an hour without cussing other than shit. You've said shit twice. <laughs> this is like, hey, this is like the longest. My dad's going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I work with men. Like that's just like, and in sports. Um, it's just the language I'm always around. <laughs> okay. Final three here. First question. Then we'll get you out of here the most important book to you? I knew you were going to ask me this question. <laughs> and so 
I think I need to read a lot more than I do. When I when I do read, I love fiction. And Ryan's I, a bad. Ex- Ryan's a. Uh, yeah, Ryan uh, hates reading. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> when I do, when I did read in high school and all that, and in college, I loved fiction because I felt like it was an escape, and I needed that escape. So I always fiction's read fiction. Fiction's great. Yeah, fiction's awesome. But the first book that I would say again, I need to read a lot more. I don't think I've necessarily had that book that's really like changed like been so meaningful Mm. that I would bring it with me everywhere I could everywhere I moved and recommend it to a bunch of people but the book that stands out would be The Secret and I know that's a lot of people think about that book and have a lot of opinions on it but for me it was the first book I read that helped change my mentality on feeling like like my mentality on gratitude and positivity and mm. bringing that into the world because I, I was not this way in high school. Sure, was, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, th- just the, the, the fact that there's growth is eye-opening just to people because we're kind of, um, you know, born with a, a kind of a fixed mindset where you are who you are. You're going to be what you're going to be. This is what it is. And the people around you when yeah. you're growing up influence you on how you think and sure, and those sure. Mindsets. So, so yeah. So any example that shows growth and change and like oh oh the way you mean the way that i think and the way that i do things and what i do and like that can change the outcome of things wow that so yeah absolutely yeah. that's that's fair yeah it's so like uh with negative thoughts like oh you're attracting negative things that come into your mind and there's a lot about the book that i disagree with a sure, lot of it has sure, to do with religion and, and that intensity of things i the main thing that stood out to me was just the negativity and gratitude and how much it truly can impact your life. And again, I feel like that's what has kept me going through this hard, this journey of a startup is realizing that just negativity isn't the way that's going to keep you going. I think that gratitude is, if there's one thing I see from everybody that has accomplished anything, they're all gracious. They all show gratitude almost in practice. So I think it's an absolutely universal rule. Okay, let's talk about the most underrated athlete of all time. Uh, being from Philadelphia, I think there's one easy. Oh yeah, easy. I answer. love him. Say it. Donovan McNabb. Oh, you were gonna. Oh, I love Donovan McNabb. I thought you were gonna say Randall Cunningham. Mm, that's another one. But I love Donovan McNabb. I, know I do. absolutely will take Donovan McNabb. He's one of my all-time favorite players. He's probably one of my top ten favorite athletes of all time. I was always amazed by Donovan McNabb. I loved him at Syracuse. Wait, this is supposed to be your thing. <laughs> you just love him so he much. He was so amazing with Andy. He was he could run, he could pass, and he was the first guy that ran. He ran like Russell Wilson, which was like the smart way, and he 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 still he ran to behind the line of scrimmage so that he could, you know, get people open was accurate like was perfect with brian westbrook uh mm-hmm. like i i love donald knapp anyway go ahead do. go ahead Sorry. i mean his numbers like speak for themselves he is one of the greatest quarterbacks yeah and it's hard to especially with what he had in philadelphia he right. really didn't have much. he never had wide receivers yeah so his numbers speak for him themselves and i know he's underrated too in philadelphia just because the fan base I don't know what it was. The fan base necessarily never like were drawn to him. Like from the very first when he got drafted in 99, people booed because they wanted other people. And like, I think the biggest thing that uh, I didn't like about McNabb was his attitude. There was a lot of times where he put blame on everyone instead of taking it himself. Mm. And I think leadership, I think Philadelphia fans 
ask for a lot in their athletes. Sure. And I think that leadership is a big one. And I think you see that being accomplished with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz and, and how they feel, how Philadelphia fans about feel about them. But McNabb just so many times pushed things away and didn't take ownership. So I feel like that's why a lot of Philadelphia... Yeah, really? pe- people feel like in the Super Bowl he wasn't like in the final two minutes, yeah. like that he wasn't serious about it, and so I think they lost in the NFC Championship game like so many times. That feeling, like everyone who comes out of Philadelphia as an athlete, says like, "Wow, Philadelphia." <laughs> They expect a lot from their players. The players say that. They're like, you know what? Sometimes I do deserve to get booed. Like they, players have taken that as like their mentality. Like if I get booed, all right, you know what? I do have to work harder for this city. And it means so much more when Philadelphia wins and to those athletes because the fan base kills them. I know so many people hate people booing, but at least the fan base still shows up. It may, it may They may be booing. The entire stadium might be booing, but at least that entire stadium is full of fans because they're passionate and so I think that that's the biggest thing with McNabb that a lot of Philadelphia fans just didn't like about him was his personality Hmm. but his numbers I mean you can't you can't argue with his numbers yeah yeah. but I think people forget about anytime you go to the the NFC championship game four years in a row you were successful they were dominant they won the division all the time things for Philadelphia oh absolutely transformed it yeah Okay, last one, the business or the space that you're most excited about in the near future? Definitely technology, but specifically AR and VR. Okay. And I just think that VR is going to impact our world a lot. I watched a Nuggets game over like VR goggles and it was really, really cool experience. And wow. you felt like you were on the court and Jokic hit a game winning shot. I think it was against the Mavs last year or two years ago and it was incredible. And and I think more people with COVID, I think VR is gonna grow if if they're allowing people the VRs to be around the stadium oh, right, and right, fans right, right, to feel right. like they're there when they're actually at home and kind of still feel like they're going to a game, but they don't feel necessarily safe enough to actually attend. So I think VR is going to grow in that department. And then AR, you're already seeing it with like iPads are allowing AR into their camera software. And, and you're seeing furniture places like Ikea be able to like show you what you're going to purchase and place it in your house virtually without needing it and it's the correct sizing and true to size and all that stuff so it's just really interesting where our world is going with with that awesome well thank you so much for coming on today of course it was so much fun what's uh what's next for dnvr what do you what, what, what do the people need to be looking out for well we are going to be doing live streams after every nuggets game for sure after broncos games and we are going to be playing them here at the bar so you get to come watch and then we'll come down and chat with you and Mm. talk about what's going on with the nuggets and so i think that's the biggest thing to look out for a lot more live streaming especially post show post games awesome great stuff Allie thank you so much man you mean a lot to everybody here you've done an amazing job and I can't wait to continue this journey with you thank you so much 